We are recording before Christmas. Yes. And we, last weekend, had another fun adventure. Mm-hmm. We went to another uh, Flumeri Promotions and RTL Paranormal event in Charles City, Virginia at the Berkeley Plantation. And it was so much fun. It was so much fun. Not just to investigate, which is always fun, but we met some really fucking cool people who I think we're going to be like lifelong friends with. Absolutely. Absolutely. They all share the same interests that we do. Passions. And, um, they are also going to be interviewed on, uh, future episodes. I would say on our show. Yeah. You're going to love them as much as we do. They are some of the coolest people we have ever met. So that's something to look forward to. I do. I, I do too. Yeah, 2021 is going to be, we've got a lot coming up. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, we have some new uh, projects in the works. So that we are so excited about and we just like solidified them today. Yeah, so when we can give more information away, we will. Yep. Um, and after we talk about it on another show that we're going to be on, yeah, we will come on here and share it with you guys. Which is so exciting. I know. This is, you know, this has been such a shitty year. Dreams are coming true, people. Yeah. This has been such a crappy year overall, but, you know, for us, I think we've been lucky. Well, yeah, because we started twat. Yeah, we during did. During COVID. We did. And we've made some great contacts. We've had some amazing interviews and we've made some really great friends and some great contacts. Yeah. And, you know, for you guys... Thank you for being part of our journey and thank you so much for listening and your continued support because we love you all so much and you mean the world to us. So we're going to keep the fun rolling in 2021. We're going to find even more (laughs) off the wall fucking topics for you guys. Oh yeah. (laughs) Because we're having a blast. So I have to tell you this real quick Um, because Dan and Cody, they have a podcast. They posted... A clip from their most recent episode, and it reminded me of something that we had done with the bad reviews on the gummy bears. Uh huh. But this was for Yankee Candle. Oh no! And all these people <laughs> were talking about this specific candle, and they're like, 
one star review. This has no smell to it. Blah, 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 blah. And then there's all these different, I think it might've been on multiple different candles, but this one in particular got it a lot. And they're like, this candle has absolutely no smell. And they're like, that's because you have COVID. <laughs> I thought it was so good. I was like, oh yeah, for sure. These people don't even know they have it because so, oh the people God. who are asymptomatic even will lose their like sense of smell. Or yeah, taste. their smell and their they're taste like, will go. Your candle smells like nothing. Right. And they're like, and really, it's like uh, one of the you strongest. Have COVID. <laughs> right. It's like one of the strongest scents they have. And I thought it was so funny. <laughs> anyway, I love Dan and Cody. Yeah. So, anyways, um, we did. We went to Berkeley Plantation in, uh, like she said, in Southern Virginia. And the very first room that we were in, they did. The carriage house. The carriage house. They did an EVP session. And the main piece of evidence that we got was a was an EVP that said, get out now. After the door unlatched and opened oh, that's by right. itself. It wasn't audible. It was it was an EVP. And when you listen back, right after the door, right, it opens. was right after. It yeah. says, "Get out!" It says, and it opens "Get the door out first. now!" Yeah. Oh shit! I didn't put that together. Yeah. So it was it was pretty cool. So it opened the door basically to be like, "See your fucking selves out." Right. Get oh, out. Oh, I didn't put those two together. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Um, and we had April with us. Mm-hmm. She is. The psychic she... medium, a psychic housewife of New Jersey. That's right. The psychic housewife of New Jersey. I can... Psychic housewife. It doesn't roll right off my tongue <laughs> naturally. She is one of the most beautiful human beings. Oh, yeah. Inside and out. If you ever get a chance to check her out, uh, she's Intuitive April on um, Instagram. And she, you can sign up for readings. Yeah. She's also doing a Christmas special uh, to get uh, gift certificates. She's on Facebook. She's everywhere. She's absolutely amazing. She, she is. is. I think she's been on the Holzer Files. Yeah, she yeah. was on uh, Travel Channel's <clears throat> Holzer Files. Um, but she is just one of the most precious people in the world. We absolutely love her. Um, but she was with us, and we were also with with our friend Josh. He goes by Animal. Mm-hmm. From He's from um, Animal Paranormal Live. He is amazing. Um, so it was Mandy and I and Animal and April. And we had the best time. But April kept picking up on all of these really cool things. Yeah. Um, so she was able to tell us, um, like, what spirits were around us. <clears throat> you know, what they, were, me. <laughs> what, what they were feeling, where they were. You know, all, all sorts of cool stuff. Um, in the main house, there was this one room um, in the dining room. And she kept seeing this man that was hiding in the corner. And the room was roped off. But um, the curator who takes care of the property when when the owners aren't there, um, she was like, I'll let you go in there if you want to. And April's like, he keeps like rushing up. Oh, and that's like, right. And we were like in it. Getting in your face. <laughs> and I was like, I'll go in. And Animal and April are looking at me like, you're going to go in there? I'm like, I want in. So I went in. Yeah, and as soon as Katie went in, I was like, fuck this shit. And yeah. I just followed her right in because everyone else kind of stayed back. Nobody else like, wanted to go uh, in there. I'm, I'm like, totally in this bitch. I'm going. And April's just sitting there with this like shit-eating grin on her face. Like, you do it, girl. So, like, <laughs> so I'm in there. And it, it was a weird feeling in the room, but it was really cool. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun, and it's really cool. I mean, you really feel like you step back in time. Oh, yeah. In that for place. Sure. It yeah. was fucking incredible. Because the land surrounding it and stuff is still, like, what it was when they built the It's plantation. on the James, yeah, it's on the James River. So, it was just really it's cool. Gorgeous. We got some good pictures of the sunset, and before the plantation was built, there was a settlement there that was ravaged by... Native Americans mm-hmm. and basically like killed everybody off. Yeah. So there's some energy there. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but it seems like what she was picking up on was more of the people who lived in the plantation almost. Yeah. They knew where the door was. They opened the door, you know. Yeah. Um. When we went to, they don't know where the actual buildings stood. Uh, we did go to for some, slave. for some slave quarters, yeah. but she picked up on, um, on people in the field. Yeah, the white man running from Native Americans. Right. Um, and she picked up on an energy of a woman that kind of like took care of uh, the other slaves that were there. And she was also able to pick up on the fact that um, it wasn't a hostile place to be mm-hmm. if you were a slave. There was a good rapport. Uh, between the owners. Yeah, between yeah. the owners and the people um, that were enslaved there. We went out to the cemetery that was there. And it was cold as shit. It was so cold. <laughs> and with the wind coming off the water, it was even, it was windy, it was cold. But you could audibly hear disembodied voices yeah. and footsteps and all sorts of stuff. It was fucking crazy. And it was so much fun. And I definitely want to go back there again. And at the very end of this whole thing, we all, so initially we met in the carriage house then we stayed and the other groups left and that's where we got the EVP. Yeah. And then, so we met back in the carriage house at the end and Mustafa and his team were in there and they had just gotten an EVP that said, get out also. Yeah. But for you guys, I have, uh, Ray let me record it. Remember on my phone. That's right. So I have a recording of our EVP that says, get out now. And you'll have to replay it a couple times because once you think you hear it, then you know the spot it's in and then... You'll go back and you'll hear it. It's, it is clear. I played it for everyone at work and they're all like, holy shit, like I totally it hear it. It is super clear. So take a listen to this and we'll be right back. I think it was after. Oh, but that's just like. Just put it in the Right there. Oh. <laughs> and right Damn. before that, you heard a creak. That's when the door opened. Welcome back. 
Hope you have your drinks. We have ours. Cheers. Unless you're driving, then you better not have a drink, Unless sir it's or like lady. Water. Unless it's water, yeah, you get a drink. You have soda. So, in the spirit of the holidays, I am talking about the darker meanings or origins of some of the Christmas traditions Woo-hoo! today. I love this stuff. All right. I mean, some of them are just bizarre. They're not like too dark, but it's just, they all started from like a darker place than we know Christmas today. Let's do this. The first one, and I've never heard this song, and I don't know if I'm going to pronounce it correctly. <laughs> it's called Good King Wenceslas. Wenceslas. You don't know that song? No. Good King Wenceslas was a real person <laughs> who was stabbed and dismembered. Word? Good King Wenceslas is a popular <laughs> Christmas carol that I've never heard. I'm sure if I played it for you, you have heard it. Well, I don't know. The name does not ring a bell. Um, but it's about a kind king who helps out a poor peasant in a snowstorm. However, <laughs> most people don't know that the inspiration for the song was a real person who died horribly. <laughs> Spectacular. Wenceslas I, Duke of Bohemia, was born in 907 AD. After the death of his father, Vratislas I, <laughs> Wenceslas was raised by his mother, Drahomira. In September of 935 AD, Wenceslas was murdered on his brother's orders. He was stabbed repeatedly with a lance while praying and dismembered in front of a church. Oh my God. So when you hear that song now, you're welcome. <laughs> Go dark. Very dark. <laughs> This one says, in the 1700s, carolers would sometimes break down doors and demand food and drink from their residents. What? Singing carols door-to-door may be an innocent holiday diversion today, but it was once a controversial controversial and potentially dangerous practice. Author and historian Thomas Christensen recounted how the carolers, or was sailors... Wasslers? Sure. I've heard the term, actually. I really have. It's in a song. It's in a Christmas song. It's probably Good King Wenceslas. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe I have heard it. Zing! (laughs) Anyway, um, carolers of the 17th century would arrive at homes unannounced and demand to be given the residents' finest food and drink. Well, that's awfully (laughs) greedy. They would sometimes threaten violence and rape. Destroy oh property God. and sing songs with lyrics such as "We have come here to claim our right, and if you don't open up your door, we'll lay it flat upon the floor." Well, that people, doesn't sound very jolly. That is not a carol. Assholes. That is not a Christmas God. carol. That's like a cultish chant. This is like I'm gonna sing and then rob you and rape you. Yeah. This is awful. And maybe I'll leave you alive. Who knows? Right. One minister in the early 1700s railed against the observance of Christmas, especially the practice of caroling. I wonder why. Right. He complained that caroling drove people to rioting, chambering, fornication, and wantonness. (laughs) There's... You know what? I wasn't around the 1700s. I don't know these words. This is like the best and worst (laughs) vocab test ever. Anyway. (laughs) This is going swimmingly. I love it so much. Okay, so the next one. Wenceslas. Wenceslas. 
Um, although it's become a pretty ballet, the Nutcracker is surprisingly a creepy tale. The Nutcracker ballet is based on the 1816 story, The Nutcracker and the Mouse King, by German author E.T.A. Hoffman. In the original tale, a seven-year-old girl named Marie slices her arm open after being startled by a vision of her toy Nutcracker coming to life. As she recuperates, her godfather, Drosselmeyer, tells the tale of a man cursed with the ugliness of a Nutcracker by a heartless queen. When Marie eventually declares that she would love the Nutcracker no matter his appearance, she is whisked away into the doll kingdom to marry him. The two are wed within a year of meeting, even though that would make Marie eight years old at the time of her marriage. Gross. (laughs) This one, let's see. Christmas parties may have their origins in wild pagan festivals. Christmas hasn't always been celebrated on December 25th. That date of Jesus' birth was only officially decided more than 300 years ago after his death by Pope Julius I. Before that, Christ's birth was marked on at least three different dates, March 29th, January 6th, and sometimes in June. Conveniently, December 25th roughly coincides with the date of the Roman festival of Saturnalia. The ancient festival involved unrestrained drinking and role reversal between slaves and their masters. Ooh, that sounds kinky. Yeah. Schools were closed, criminals were allowed to run rampant, and the wealthy were encouraged to give gifts to the poor in order to avoid poverty. I'm just I'm just glad we didn't live back then. I mean carolers coming in to like rape you and schools were closed and criminals were allowed to run rampant. It's like the fucking purge. No thanks. Who thought of all of this backwards ass shit? Like, this is so weird. And then people just go along with it. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah. In the spirit of Christmas, let's do it. Right. (laughs) All right. Yule logs used to be real wooden logs. What shit now? Right. (laughs) How about that? Although we think of Yule logs today as sweet Christmas cakes, they do. I guess. (laughs) They used to be actual logs that would be burned on the fire. That's what I thought they were. Back in Europe's Iron Age, (laughs) many people would burn logs decorated with pine cones, holly, and ivy. Burning the logs was said to bring good luck for the new year, but the ashes were some of the biggest prizes from the ceremony. They were said to ward against and even protect the person who had them against lightning, which was important given that many houses were made of wood. Right. Going down the chimney is actually tied to dozens of scary paranormal legends. Sweet! (laughs) Santa isn't the only person slash thing that has come down the chimney in urban legends. As it turns out, Santa isn't the only one who can creep into homes unnoticed via the chimney. There are countless European legends that tell of both helpful and malicious supernatural creatures sneaking into homes through chimneys. Scottish and English legends tell of the brownie. That sounds Which... like a turd flying down the chimney. <laughs> yeah, it's like a fucking prank on people. Like, oh, I just browned just, those bitches. I climb up on the roof and take a dump in the chimney. God. Um, <laughs> let's see. Scottish and English legends tell of the brownie, which is a helpful household spirit that enters and exits the home through the chimney. Through the butthole. In the butthole of the house. Right. In the Middle Ages... Witches were also thought to pass through homes by mm-hmm. coming in through their chimneys. In Greece, goblins called... You can do it. Called... You don't speak Something like that. You know. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were known to crawl into homes through the chimney and terrorize the families within, whereas in the 19th century Pennsylvania... 
Pell's Nickel or Bell's Nickel. He would slip down chimneys to reward good children with oranges and to punish the naughty ones with a whip. Wait, isn't Bell's Nickel the one that made children strip for... <laughs> Candy. He might. Oh yeah, he's the one who like he would throw the candy. Throw candy, but if and they then the went second to go you for went it, for it too fast, he would whip he would you. beat you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a super nice guy. He's a dick. All right, mistletoe used to be used to pardon criminals. Well, that's a kinky way to pardon criminals. <laughs> <laughs> Although we see it now as a plant to be kissed under, mistletoe has some darker origins. It was seen as a sign of friendship by the Druids. Because of that, it was banned by religious leaders in England. Hmm. But later, York Minister Church in the UK began to hold a special mistletoe service each winter. During that service, criminals from the town could come and bring a sprig of mistletoe and be pardoned for their wrongdoings. Interesting. I mean, Where do you that's find all you have to do. Do you have to, like, smooch the... Well, I've looked it up, and there's Priest. European mistletoe, and there's American mistletoe. And European mistletoe is far more poisonous than American mistletoe. No way. Yeah, I looked it up today. Where do you even find mistletoe? Maybe they grow it on purpose so they can be pardoned for their crimes. I mean, I certainly would if Hell I was yeah, a criminal. I'd be like, I need a stockpile of this right. shit. So they would be pardoned. They would apparently declare public and universal liberty, pardon, and freedom of all sorts of inferior and wicked people... At the minister's gates. Hmm. They would also do it at the gates of the city towards the four quarters of heaven. I don't know what that means. Today, you, don't. <laughs> you can still see mistletoe on the altar of some churches during the holiday season. That's because they want you to kiss. They're like, I really shouldn't see this because I am a God-fearing man. <laughs> but go ahead and kiss and I'll pardon you of all your sins. Right. Lay one on me. <laughs> um, this one isn't uh, like fucked up. But it's something I didn't know. A Charlie Brown Christmas was actually intended to be a feature-length Coca-Cola commercial. What? Yes. The Adventures of the Peanuts Gang in 1965, A Charlie Brown's Christmas, were originally intended to be a commercial for the soda Coca-Cola. The original film included title slides telling viewers that the program was sponsored by the Coca-Cola company. In response to the changing attitudes about the product placement over the years, CBS quietly edited out any reference to Coke in the program. Interesting. Yeah, and that was definitely probably before we were born, because I don't remember that at all. You weren't born in the 60s? Oh, is that when it said? Yeah. <laughs> no. Don't think I'm old, even though I threw out my back. <laughs> For the first time. Even though she's a hunchback today. <laughs> yeah. I have a little trouble uh, walking. Moving. Basically. <laughs> Moving on, milk and cookies. Or not. Began. Let's keep talking about my fucked up back. Katie texted me and she's like, well, how did you do it? And I said, I literally bent over. <laughs> like, I didn't lift anything heavy. I just, like, bent down and was like, oh, shit. I so, literally expected her to be like, uh. I was, I was too- lifting up a couch. <laughs> I was literally expecting her to be like, I was too adventurous in bed last night. And she was like. I literally bent over. I was like, oh. Yeah. I should have definitely had Bored. some. I should have had something cooler for that one. <laughs> all right. Like, we're in our 30s. That's not fun. No, it's not fun at all. But, you know, I've had four babies and I stand on my feet all day, every day at work for the last 20. In two weeks, it'll be 21 years. Talk about aging yourself. Yeah, I know. I was there since I was, like, a fucking in high school, so. We won't go further into that. <laughs> 
Just don't bend over again, okay? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. Milk and cookies began as a Great Depression ritual in America. Oh. I know. Leaving out milk and cookies for Santa is a tradition that many places practice, but it began being popularized during the American Great Depression. According to the History Channel, parents encouraged children to leave cookies for Santa during that time of the economic hardship to show that you should always be grateful for the things that you were given and that giving was just as good as receiving. True that. Christmas stockings or hanging Christmas stockings may be connected to a legend about poverty. Well, this is going down the depression hole. (laughs) Literally and figuratively. (laughs) God. Packing those stockings full of treats may be a fun Christmas tradition these days, but the custom may have its origins in a decidedly grim tale of illness and poverty. God damn Should it. Should I even read this one? I mean, I We're trying like... to wish these people Merry Christmas, and I'm just depressing them. No, you're not. This is about dark Christmas, so if we're yeah. going dark, let's go dark. Let's go dark. All right, guys, take a deep breath. We're in this together. Here we go. According to Donald E. Dossie's book. Duck. I'm just kidding. Donald E. Dossie's book. <laughs> Holiday folklore, phobias, and fun. The tradition is tied to a story about a 4th century bishop who overheard an elderly man bemoaning the fact that he would not have enough money to supply his three daughters with a dowry. Oh, 4th century. That goes far enough back. We're good. Yeah, this is super far back. At the time, women lacking a dowry would be unable to marry and would likely have been forced into prostitution in order to support themselves. Holy shit. Yeah. I told you, we're going down the depression hole here. Prostitution in the 300s. Oof. The legend goes that St. Nicholas was so moved by the old man's plight that he crept into the family's home at night and filled their stockings, which had been hung by the fireplace to dry, with bags of gold. The three women and their father lived happily ever after. The bishop would later be anointed Saint Nicholas, the patron saint of children, and at least one inspiration for Santa Claus. Oh, so it did end on a happier note. Mm, I call bullshit, but okay. Well, I mean, like you said, we weren't a lot around in the 300s, so. Maybe you were. We'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, my co-host is a vampire. Uh, I'm a witch. And a vampire, <laughs> and a guillotine maker. <laughs> and Katie's co-host is a cripple. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Anyway. Anywho. Um, I love stuff like that. As sad as some of them are, and as fucking weird as they are, I'm here for it. Yeah, so... We, since it's only been a half an hour, we still have a little bit of time. And I'm Mandy's give you one never heard Good King Wenceslas. <laughs> Sing it for me. Oh, my God. No, but I'll How play it for you. You were like, about to win. <laughs> Wenceslas <laughs> is a good king. Followed the North Star. <laughs> and he gave the baby a gift. <laughs> that baby was Jesus. <laughs> I can't breathe. Oh, my God. Was he one of the three kings? I don't know. Do I look religious to you? Well, you're like, you don't know King Wenceslas? <laughs> well, if You've you never do, heard of it? If you know fucking good King Wenceslas, was he one Wenceslas. of the three kings? <laughs> That's not how you say it. You know good King Wenceslas. Wenceslas. <laughs> it, the, the verbiage for it is Hold like on. difficult for Hold me. Hold up. I got you. You know... I may have heard it in church. I guarantee it's probably one of the songs my mom sang in the church choir, because it does sound familiar. But I myself don't know it. 
Why aren't you doing that verbally? So we can all hear it? The vocal stylings of Kitty? I thought it said Hitler for a second. I did, too. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. No, I don't know it. Bullshit. I don't. But it sounds familiar where my mom was in the church choir, so I feel like they maybe did it. We should get Mary Susan in here to sing it. Uh, no, we should not. <laughs> yes, we should. <laughs> but as a treat for you guys, since we're only half an hour in, I'm just going to tell you the other fucking thing I had saved. Because oh. it's our last episode for Christmas. So okay. Do it. This is... This was actually posted yesterday. Netflix's original holiday movies ranked from worst to best. I've probably seen every single one of them. She's not even lying. She probably has. I watch those Christmas movies. Like, my life depends on them. (laughs) Okay, so let's see. So this is, remember, this is from worst to best. Okay. And tell me if you agree. Okay. Since you've seen probably all of them. Okay. The Holiday Calendar. Don't remember it. 2018. It's a sweet... Little predictable Christmas movie. What? Critic score thirty three percent. Synopsis. Wait, who's? Wait, who's? 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 Get get to it. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> Who? What channel is this? Lifetime or Hallmark? No, it's Netflix. Netflix originals. Oh, I probably haven't seen all of them. Okay, well, that's why I'm like, who is that? So this is called the Holiday Calendar. A 2018 sweet but predictable Christmas movie. Uh-huh. Critics score 33%. The holiday calendar follows Abby Sutton, a, photo- a photographer who doesn't quite know what she wants out of life and is afraid to go after her dreams. However, when her grandfather gives her a magical advent calendar, it helps her gain the confidence she needs to be herself. It's magical? Cat Graham, she's from the Vampire Diaries, if any of you know who she is. Brings almost too many acting chops for a good holiday rom-com. But the film is still cheerily nonsensical. Sounds ridiculous. Sounds like it's right up my alley. Although a magical advent calendar, it sounds like, it also sounds like something I would turn off. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the the second worstest movie. Worstest. (laughs) Worser. A Christmas Prince, The Royal Baby. That was cute. 2019. That was cute. It is the lowest rated movie in the film series. Yeah, it's terrible, but it was cute. <laughs> Critic score, 33%. So really, it's a tie. It's a tie, because mm-hmm. the other one's 33, too. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the third installment of the Christmas Prince series, and it returns to Aldovia as the kingdom prepares for the holiday season, and Amber and Richard prepare to welcome a royal baby. But before they can relax for their parental leave, they must restore a 600-year-old treaty between Aldovia and Penglia. Because, you know, these places are totally real. Right. The weakest <laughs> entry in the series feels like it's running on autopilot and introduces some problematic new elements of the mythos. True that. Up next for shitty holiday movies on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Shit-tastic holiday movies. Is Holiday in the Wild. Dumb. 2019, <laughs> it is a cheesy, lighthearted Christmas romance. Rob Lowe. Critic score, 38%. Beneath him. Holiday in the Wild, also known as Christmas in the Wild, falls Kate Conrad as she goes on her second honeymoon alone after her husband suddenly ends their relationship. Throughout the African safari, Kate rediscovers herself and falls for Derek Holliston, Rob Lowe. It's cheesy and stupid, but it's also really quite charming. 
I'll just stick with cheesy so, and stupid. If you run out of Christmas movies, this one's like charming at least. It'll make I, you happy. I feel like between Rob Lowe and Kristen Davis, they should have read the script and be like, mm-hmm, pass. Yeah, probably not. El Camino Christmas. I wouldn't be surprised to see Death Have Shepherd. you seen that one? I haven't even I love heard Dak of it. Shepherd. I do too. Um, no, I ha- I haven't even heard of that one. So, El Camino Christmas is from 2017, and it isn't your typical cheerful holiday flick. Imagine that. Critic score: 40. percent In El Camino Christmas, a troubled 20-something, Luke Grimes, goes in search of his long-lost father, but instead he finds himself in a hostage situation <laughs> in a liquor store on Christmas Eve. <laughs> No carols are sung, no Santa is seen, and the decorations are few and far between. This is more of an anti-Christmas, anti-feel-good <laughs> flick, but it's one you might want to watch more than once. I doubt that. Right. But <laughs> maybe once Maybe is you guys can let us know. <laughs> more than enough. The next one, this is called Christmas Inheritance. It's from 2017, and it is a romantic holiday drama. Critic score, 43%. In Christmas Inheritance, Ellen Langford has to travel to her father's hometown to hand-deliver an important Christmas letter in order to become the CEO of her family's gift business. Along the way, she's surprisingly charmed by the small town's friendliest and most handsome down-to-earth inn manager. (laughs) Emma Roberts lent her star power to one of Netflix's newest originals, Holiday. Love it. I have heard good things, but the critic score is 44%. Well, the critics are what fucked. What is it, Rotten Tomatoes? So that also has um, Jessica Capshaw in it. Mm-hmm. I fucking loved that movie. It was so good. Yeah, I was surprised to see it this high up on the list of bad ones. Like 44% because all my clients that have watched it said it's really good. It's cute. Um, I mean, it's not going to win any like awards or anything, but it was really cute. Was it? Yeah. I'll have to watch it. In Holiday, strangers Sloan and Jackson agree to be each other's plus one for every gathering in the upcoming year to avoid constant judgment from their families. But things get more complicated when it starts to become more than just a platonic agreement. Holiday won't change your mind about the tread-worn challenges of romantic comedies, but its leads leverage their charms nicely. It was cute. So I'm going to have to watch that. I one. recommend it. If you like like rom-coms and shit, it's really cute. All right. We, now we have Operation Christmas Drop, which is also great. from 2020. Great, great. And it's based on a true story. Okay. It's really good. I love that one. The critic score is 47%. Operation Christmas Drop follows Erica, a congressional aide who gets sent Air Force he gets sent to an Air Force base with a festive pet project. And if anybody is a Vikings, the TV show fan, uh-huh. uh, Bjorn is the main character. Okay. Um, she gets sent to an Air Force ba- base this with Air Force a festive <laughs> pet project and assesses whether it should remain open. She's set on crunching numbers and cutting budgets until the base's self-proclaimed Christmas expert, Captain Andrew Jantz, Mm -hmm. helps her find a little holiday cheer. Kyle Turner wrote for the New York Times, everything in Operation Christmas Drop falls predictably into place, like children nestled all snug in their beds. Each plot point and character dynamic appears predetermined and not in a seasonally charming way. But that's just one person's thoughts on it well a dude wrote it first of all true that and alexander ludwig 
makes it worth watching anyways. <laughs> but not only that, um, this is a tradition with the Air Force mm-hmm. that has been going on for, like, decades. Oh, okay. And it's, they just made a rom-com out of it, and it's actually really sweet. I like it. All right. A Christmas Prince, The Royal Wedding. So I'm guessing this is the, the second, second installment. Mm-hmm. Didn't hold up to the original. Apparently the original's really fucking good. Well, not every movie <laughs> needs a sequel. <laughs> um, critics score 50%. In the sequel to A Christmas Prince, Prince Richard and Amber prepare for their royal wedding, but scandal rocks the kingdom when money disappears and the citizens of Aldovia grow increasingly angry with their royals. Ooh. It's cheesy, it's cringy, not my words, I haven't seen it, but most <laughs> importantly, it's harmless. And worth a watch if you're in the mood for some mindless holiday cheer. Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. A fun, campy holiday flick from 2020. Critics score 64%. Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square centers on a small town on the brink of extinction. Scrooge-like town owner Regina is planning on selling the town without a spare thought for its residents. Until an angel, Dolly Parton, (laughs) steps in to try and change her mind. Christmas on the Square lets the viewer kick back and indulge in all things Parton. All right. The Princess Switch. Switched again. I'm guessing this oh, is a sequel. Oh, sounds like a sequel. This all is right. also 2020. They are trying to be the new Hallmark. That sounds like it. They're coming out with like fucking a million Christmas movies in one year. But the critics score is 64%, so it must be all right. In the sequel to The Princess Switch, Duchess Margaret and Kevin are going through a rough patch, so Stacy swoops in to help. But things take a Thank turn. Thank God for Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> but things take a turn when another look-alike party girl Fiona screws with their plans. Bitch. Though inevitably the formula wears a little thinner in spots, but it's the frothy fantasy <laughs> that should satisfy the viewer's itch for the confectionery-looking Christmas fluff. Well, that sounds gripping. Kurt Russell (laughs) in the Christmas Chronicles of 2018, which I really like that one. Mm -hmm. Critic score, 67%. In the Christmas Chronicles, after two kids try and trap Santa, they end up losing his precious bag of gifts. The hunt is on to save Christmas, and Santa is charmingly sarcastic all along the way. That is a cute movie. It is really cute. The film's no great shakes, but Russell's star power in The Christmas Chronicles is a gift anyone should be happy to claim. The Night Before Christmas, K-N-I-G-H-T, 2019. Shining armor. It is a holiday romance with a fantasy twist. It has Josh Whitehouse and Vanessa Vanessa Hudgens. (laughs) (laughs) Critics score, 70%. The night before Christmas, small town teacher Brooke helps a time-traveling medieval knight fulfill his quest. But the more time they spend together, the more Sir Cole wonders if he really wants to succeed and return home. Oh my god. Yeah. That's a very medieval name, I feel like. Right. Cole. It's so natural. The night before Christmas has every possible festive ingredient you could want. Even a puppy in a stocking. Oh, cynics need not apply. There's nothing here for you. Well, then I guess I I won't watch Vanessa Hudgens. Vanessa Hudgens. Vanessa Hudgens movie with Sir Cole. All right, this here's another 2021, The Christmas Chronicles two brought back the cast of the lovable characters. Oh boy. Critic score seventy one percent. Okay. In the second installment of The Christmas Chronicles, Kate is reunited with Santa as a cynical teenager. 
but she ends up helping to save Christmas again when a mysterious troublemaker threatens to steal it. Oh boy. You giggle and grin a few times. You see the ruptures healed by Christmas and you get to hang out with Santa who's traditionally nearly cool. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. He is nearly cool. Finally, we arrive at the Christmas Prince. The original one. I was wondering when he was going to pop up. The very beginning, it gets a 73%, so I might watch this one. 73? That's as high as this shit goes. Um, A Christmas Prince (laughs) centers on Amber, a journalist gunning for her big break as she goes undercover to write about the royal family of Aldovia. Along the way, she ends up discovering a huge secret that could throw a wrench in the whole Aldovian line of succession, while also falling for the prince. Shocking. It's everything you want in a holiday film. Cheesy, hopeful, a little bit ridiculous, and overall as warm and toasty as the fireplace you're watching it next to. What if I just have to turn on my stove in lieu of a fireplace? (laughs) (laughs) You can do that. I'm just kidding. I have a fireplace. But wait, there's more. I thought we were done. There's a couple more. Oh, God. Hark. Hark, there's more. (laughs) Um, Oh, the angels are singing. Critics were surprisingly charmed by The Princess Switch from 2018. There's shout outs. Okay. From the 2018. Critics score 75%. In The Princess Switch, Chicago-based baker Stacy travels to Belgravia for the Royal Christmas Baking Contest. Oh, boy. But when she meets Duchess Margaret, who could be her twin, Stacy agrees to switch places with her so the princess can see what normal life is like before she takes the throne. The Princess Switch is a delight. If you told me last year that I would thoroughly enjoy, nay, crave, Another parent trap-like movie, (laughs) but starring Vanessa Hudgens, I would have told you exactly (laughs) what to do with your Christmas pastries. Okay, we have arrived at our last one for the night, and this is the highest-rated Netflix original holiday film. It is called Alien Xmas. Dun-dun-dun! The critic score is 100%. Oh, shit. In Alien Xmas... When a group of extraterrestrials come to Earth and try to steal its gravity, everything else on the and everything else on the planet, the only things that they can save. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! You sound like uh, April. The only thing that can save the world are the gift-giving spirits of Christmas and a small alien named X. It's a bit of a sloppy plot, but also kind of endearing <laughs> in its loosey goosiness. How that made number one on the Netflix holiday movie list, I don't know, but I haven't seen it. It sounds like a must watch, to be honest. It sounds pretty fantastic. It sounds like a shit show. Yeah. And we should watch it. It's animated. All the better. All the worstest. (laughs) The worstestest. I don't like that. So I hope you guys cuddle up and listen to this first. By your fireplace, and then... Or your stove. You can pick (laughs) one of these fantastic movies and tell us what you thought about them, because I'm probably not going to watch them. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be watching Hallmark movies and mysteries. (laughs) (laughs) I probably won't do that either, but I'm a Grinch, so... I love The Grinch. You know, that's my favorite Christmas movie. I do love The Grinch. I do. The Grinch and Elf. All right, well, that sounds better. Let's go order some pizza. Let's go order some pizza and Merry fucking Christmas. Merry Christmas. Cheers. Cheers. We love you guys.